Hi, this is James Joachim, host of Web Comics Reviews and Interviews. Tonight, we're talking about getting social. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. First off, let's take a step back and have you actually realize that you've got an autistic writer telling you that you need to get a social life. That alone should tell you how important this is. Um, one of the interesting things about being a human is that we're very social animals. That is, we require interaction with other people in order to well, keep our sanity, if nothing else, as well as maintain our physical health. I mean, it's sort of interesting when you realize that you have clubs of loners, you know? You've got these clubs that actually have people who, on one hand, don't want to be around each other, and in fact probably want to see everybody else in the universe die horribly, and they've actually established clubs. You know, if nothing else points out to what degree we need social interaction, that pretty much sums it up. And yeah, there are some really other great examples out there. You know, if you're a pet owner or you're a plant owner, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you've had conversations with your parakeet that you don't have with other people just because you need that social interaction. You've got little kids that are developing feelings and actually believe that their dolls or imaginary people are actually sentient just because of the need for the conversation. Yeah, a lot of those conversations tend to be one-sided, but you know, you get what I'm talking about. You've got people that have spent so much time in video games that they've almost hit the point where they're developing relationships with those people in the video games. Yeah, I've actually seen fan fiction for Pac-Man. And we're talking there is no story there. There is no personality there. There is just simply a big yellow ball going around eating pellets and trying to avoid and or eat ghosts. And I've seen actual emotional fan fiction based on relationships people have had with a Pac-Man. You know, at the very least, there's a movie where most of the action involves a guy on an island talking to a volleyball. Think about that for a sec. He's actually put a face on the volleyball so he can better talk to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just straight up. If you don't accept it on some level when you need a social interaction... You're totally clueless. Without this social interaction, our mental and physical health tends to degrade over time. You know, look at what happens if we don't have somebody there to talk to. Our personal theories, in terms of beliefs, and that tends to go into very dark areas and areas that probably shouldn't. You know, not talking in a relatively cool, Lovecraftian way where we know there's an actual monster there. In this case, we're talking there is a monster that we defined ourselves. You know, just look at how many weird conspiracy theories there are that make absolutely no sense when you actually analyze them. That people have come up just because they've decided this is the way things are, just because they've spent so little time with other people. You know? Um, health. 
we stop caring about ourselves because other people we don't figure don't care about us and it will show in our various habits. At the very least, people have to realize that bathing isn't just for other people. Sure, it's great to smell nice and look nice around other people, but bathing gives us a chance to physically inspect our bodies and actually see if we're developing any lesions or anything shouldn't basically be there, at least on the physical level, you know, the obvious level. You know, if top of that you're not clearing off the germs with any regularity, you're going to get sick. I don't care how resistant to disease you think you are, odds are you've built up that resistance to disease because you've just spent so much time in the filth and you need to do something about that. Okay? On top of that, we tend to develop some interesting personality quirks. Obviously, conspiracy theories is part of that. But we tend to let other things tend to get away with us. Up to and including depression, which because obviously there's a feedback loop created, will tend towards de depression and therefore, or sorry, depressive suicide. And again, not in a really cool Lovecraftian way. People need structure. And if we can get a social structure going, so much the better. Uh, consider football. You've got a very definite situation. I don't care which system of rules you go with. You know, the bottom line is you're talking about a situation where you've got rules. You've got penalties for breaking them. You're going to have people that are going to want to bend and break the rules as much as you possibly can, just as much as you have people that are going to be enforcing those rules. And I don't care if we're talking, you know, a full-on NFL or a FIFA game or if we're talking just simply two groups of kids getting together in a back lot somewhere. We're talking that you're going to have those that situation develop with the rules and people wanting to break them. You know, it's just who we are, but we need that structure. You know, even if we are the rule breakers, we need those rules to be, that are out there to break. Just as much as we also need rules in order to be enforced. Go figure. Like I said, we are very weird when it comes to structure. But in order to establish those structures, we need some sort of social interaction. We need to figure out, over time, as a group, which rules work best for us. I mean, you know, if, even football has evolved from such a degree from where it began. But yeah, we have to point out that we're talking about which set of football rules we're talking about. You know, are we talking rugby? Soccer? Are we talking American? You get the idea. Over time, we need to have some sort of structure in order to have some sort of way of comparison. Ultimately, the social interaction isn't just there because, you know, it evolved. It had to evolve for very specific reasons. Everything you have, at least in terms of... Even what clothes you wear is there for a very specific reason or a group of reasons, you know? And it's just important, therefore important for us as artists to realize that. Obviously, one of the things that really helps being an artist and having people we're talking to is good old fashioned common experience. Not only does it give us some ground in order to relate to our audience, but eventually does actually put some really cool things 
in our story that the audience can be looking for. It also gives our writing or our art in general very specific things that, and let's get real, when you're doing art, you want stuff people can actually hook onto. You know, I keep bringing up that you want people to suspend disbelief. They have to have something solid to hang that belief off of. Well, if you don't have a common experience with your particular crowd, you have no nothing they can actually come in and grab and suspend their disbelief off of. So all of a sudden, that social interaction, it, a lot of artists tend to say doesn't really matter. Well, yeah. It matters if you're serious about your art. Even look at the surreal stuff. You know, Salvador Dali has some incredible paintings, but it's because we know how those objects are supposed to interact with each other. And so when we start seeing them not interact the way we expect them to, it brings up questions. You know, the Melting Watches is an incredibly gorgeous piece of artwork, as is a lot of, a lot of Dali's uh, transformative surrealism. So... You know, it's even though there's a lot of stuff that just simply can't exist in real life, we nonetheless can put it to something, and by doing that, we can actually find some really great symbolism to it. Yeah, all of a sudden you're just going, wait, what is he pulling this stuff off? Just go with me. You need the common experience in order to basically build up your art. On top of that, there's obviously the defense factor. You know, if you've got two people that, if you're in a situation where you see somebody's falling down, you're going to want to defend them, and you can't really defend them all that well if you don't know what the exact problem is. So you need to actually talk through that. You know, there's nothing really, occasionally you've got the problem where a lot of people will point out good intentions are lead the the path to hell. The reason for that, obviously, is that if you're going into something with some really great intentions but not fully understanding what the situation really is, you're going to screw it up. And if you want somebody doing the same for you, well, you need to communicate that. You know, you need some sort of level of social interaction between the two people. A mutual defense cannot be set up if you basically you guys have no clue what's being attacking you. So, and that's just straight evolution. Or more accurately, it's just straight natural selection. You know. Also important for our artists is we need feedback. You know. Going back to the football game with the rules and the penalties for breaking them. It's just straight up we need to know what the rules are in order to have a lot of fun with them. More importantly... We also need feedback because, well, reality is, is that we are not 100% objective. Occasionally we will thrash work just because we don't like it, even though we don't understand what we did wrong. Conversely, we will tend to heap praise upon ourselves and make ourselves think we know what we're doing, even when we don't. I'm going to point out real quick that if you really want fun in this last topic, Track down all the masterpieces that have been destroyed by people who thought they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it's not pretty pictures at all. In fact, a lot of times it's some pretty scary stuff.
But we need somebody to come in and say, hey, yeah, this is how you're screwing it up, and this is how you can get better at it. Or even if it's a straight up, dude, just trash it and try something else. You know? Conversely, we need somebody to slap us down every so often. It's just part of the nature of the beast. You know, if we get too full of ourselves, we need somebody to come in and poke, our, poke up the ego. This is why tricksters and gestures tend to be so great. This is why a lot of medieval cultures tended to give gestures a wide field, you know. If the gesture basically was not allowed to make fun of the king, the king would start making a lot of really serious mistakes. And the wise, intelligent kings tended to realize that. Only the stupid ones tended to, you know, say, hey, we need to shoot the gesture. That's just really bad business sense. You need just simply need somebody to give you feedback. Sometimes you need them to praise you and say, hey, work with you to figure out what happened. Sometimes you need somebody to slap you down. Again, as an artist, that's, you have no idea how invaluable that can be. You also, of course, need to deal with buzz situations. You need to generate buzz, and you can't do that if it's just you. If you really want to be what they call a successful artist, that is having crowds of people follow you and, you know, buy your merch and actually get to the point where you don't have to sling burgers. Not that there's anything wrong with slinging burgers, it's just that not everybody wants to do that for their entire lives. You know? If you do want to do that, then you need to figure out something you can do artistically and you need to generate some sort of buzz. And just to show you how important this is, we've actually had people sue for locker room access. Yeah. Back in the early 90s, in California, there were actually a number of lawsuits because women have access to male locker rooms. That is, it was realized that the guys were talking business while they were getting dressed. Obviously, women didn't have access to that. That alone should tell you how important social interaction is. If you limit the social interaction, you also limit access, and therefore you also limit, you know, access to getting help or trying to figure out better ways of solving the problem. Which I guess is another lead-in. You know, as you all occasionally will need to know how to solve problems, and occasionally you will be the person with the answer. Well, with social interaction, you can create a symbiotic relationship in that direction. This is why we have mentors. This is why we have teachers. This is why we have entire colleges and universities on the concept, as well as helplines in this. You know, sort of limited interaction, sure, but you can also have some really great conversations when it comes to discussing how to solve problems. So... That's something that seriously needs to be considered in this conversation. Last but not least, we also need to realize that, you know, digital um, interaction, it should hold the same weight as physical interaction. That is, just as it's great to have, you know, sit down in the same room with people and talk or play games or wrestle or whatever, same with the uh, straight digital where we're playing games with other people. We're challenging each other and discussing things. You know, 
yeah, I can see a little bit of favor going towards the more face-to-face -face where you're actually in the same room, even if it's just simply something as simple as, say, enjoying the same show with other people. But reality is, is we need the social interaction on some level. And so we shouldn't see a problem with going to the digital as much as we do the physical. So, you know, you're going to see a lot during this podcast when it actually gets going, that we need to basically use the social interaction we have available on any platform, even if it's, you know, talking to people right there we're with or people that are thousands of miles away. There should not be any major issue, you know, considering the two of them roughly equivalent. And I'm sort of pointing out roughly equivalent because, well, we're also physical beings as well. And we require some sort of physical interaction. But that's fine, as long as you realize that we need both. You know, the straight social and the straight physical, and sort of some combination of the two. Yeah, this is going to be a complicated situation. But just, you know, don't be that idiot who points out that, well, your online friends don't count as much as your physical ones. Dude, I can drop my physical friends and go grab other ones just as easily as I can online. Family, on the other hand, that's an entirely different subject. So, there you be. Now, obviously I'm going to be going into different types of interaction, various pluses and minuses. The big four, and I've pretty much covered them, are realized that it's going to be a caveat that, yeah, if you're going to be doing any kind of social interaction, you're going to be setting up networks for you know, getting the word out. You're going to be setting up networks of mutual self-defense. Um, as well as feedback and, you know, just general social interaction. I should not have to point this out that, you know, those are obvious. Those are going to apply to any kind of social interaction. Obviously, if I'm dealing with somebody on Facebook... I'm going to have a lot more reach than if I'm talking to somebody at the bar. You know, the only difference there is that of that scale. You know, obviously I'm going to be looking for feedback wherever I go. Um, social networks are great for, I can actually display the picture versus you know, to a wide range of people versus just one or two at the same time. Heck, even an art gallery, you know, generally speaking, is only going to be a couple hundred people tops versus a couple thousand or tens of thousands I can get with social media. So, I'm just trying to point out that ultimately, any kind of interaction you do with other people is going to have the same basic results. The only difference when it comes down to it will be differences of scale. So, keep that in mind. I mean, I don't want to have to repeat the same. Yeah, this is going to be great for your business. Duh. Any interaction you do is going to be great for your business. It's going to get the word out. It's going to give you feedback how to get better. Um, it's going to let you come off as an authority figure to other people, as well as give you a chance to get questions answered. And, of course, in situations where you need to tie together, He's going to give you that as well. So, 
With that said, let's look at some of the ways you can socially interact with other people. So anyway, let's get rid of the digitals right off the bat, because whatever thing we're going to be seeing in the digital is going to be applying to a lot of other things as well. With digital, you have two basic ways you interact with other people. Well, three, actually. Um, you've got social media, discussion boards, and, of course, individual discussions. With social media, we're looking at your Facebooks, your DeviantArts, your Instant your Instagrams, Pinterest, so on and so forth. Anything that basically allows you to talk to a wide range of people at the same time but usually extreme short form, you know, a real quick quip or even just a simple, hey, look at this, that's generally going to be considered social media. The really good thing about these social media is it allows you a wide range of access to a lot of different perspectives that you don't have access to in real life, you know. If basically you have the same range of people in social media that you did in real life, you'd be a very busy person. That's literally all you'd be doing every day is tracking down people, going down to the local museum, library, or what have you, and doing nothing but talking with people. That would get annoying. It's just something you want to try to avoid. But it also gives you a chance to do straight visual or straight um, auditorial type stuff. If you want to throw up a cute little film clip or a GIF, hey, this is your opportunity to do so. You know, gives you a chance to interact with a lot of weird people in a lot of weird ways. And sometimes you can get just downright silly or very serious about it. It's a really great way, obviously, to get interaction. And it's a really great way to simply say, hey, I need to relax a little bit. Let's do that. At the same time, if you need to get serious and you need an army of fans, social media is probably your best way of doing so. Discussion boards are also sort of cool because they allow you to get a lot of discussion going and actually go into some really great depth to it. Um, discussion boards also tend to be a lot more focused. So whereas you're on your normal Facebook page, for example, even if it's one related specifically to your art, you're going to be covering a lot of weird stuff and a lot of wide-ranging stuff. Whereas on a discussion board, you have to, you know, focus that in a lot more. So, you know, things get a lot interesting on the discussion boards. And I mean some serious interesting discussions, especially when you start looking at minutia. And you just can't really do the minutia that you can once on social media. In a lot of ways, discussion boards tend to be sniper rifles versus machine gun that social media is. With discussion board, I can get into it in depth on a very specific topic and actually deal with a lot of issues regarding that particular topic, especially over time. On the other hand, you know, I it's just with discussion board, you've got people that are actually interested in what the conversation is all about. You don't have people who are just simply going to randomly pipe in and try to derail the conversation because they can. Not usually, anyway. Um, there's a lot more. There's a lot more safeguards put into place to deal with those kind of idiots. So, you know, the basic difference here is that both of them are great forms of digital interaction with other people. 
The only difference is, is that discussion boards will tend to be very specific. They're sniper rifles. You want to talk about something and go wide field on that very specific topic? Discussion board's your friend. You, on the other hand, want to just simply have a lot of fun and have great advertising at platform? You're probably looking more at the social media. Not saying you can't have serious conversations on social media, because you can. In fact, it almost encourages them, especially when you're talking politics and religion and a few other philosophical things. If you want to talk about some current, again, you're looking more at social media. On the other hand, if you want to discuss the very specific history of Bardishas in the 14th century, you're probably looking more at the discussion board. Also, um, direct messaging is not necessarily a bad thing, especially since it allows, allows you to have a lot more intimate conversations with people. And I don't necessarily mean in the R-rated version. That's obviously part of it. You know, if you and a friend are having a mentor situation or mentor-mentee situation, those individual messaging can actually allow you to do that. You know, a you. It's just a really cool situation. Personal messaging works, especially if you're, like you said, you're trying to basically take that person out one-on-one and discuss an issue. So you definitely want to have a couple of friends out there that you're just simply hanging out and it's just you, or even a very small group. And I emphasize it, very small group. So, you know, that's something to consider. An interesting combination of physical and digital are meetups. You know, these are situations, obviously named after the website in this case, but you're looking at situations where you can actually get together in real life as well as discuss the situations, you know, away from them. The really cool thing about a meetup is that it allows you to set up a time and a place to meet a large group of people. And then when you get to that situation, you can actually have a lot of fun with them in terms of accomplishing some really great things. You know, anything from board games to discussing books to, you know, mountain climbing. On the other hand, you can use, also use the Meetup Discussion Board in order to discuss things that pertain specifically to those topics. You know, if you're dealing with mountain climbing, for example, where's the best place to get the cord, the carabiners, so on and so forth. Board games... Well, occasionally you want to switch up the games that everybody's playing at the meet, or you want to talk about different tactics and, you know, other related topics. Again, some really incredibly fun stuff just to talk about and get together with. So, you know, the digital meetup boards are really fun places to be. And if you're trying to establish some sort of social life, well, this allows you to meet, however, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever, in terms of physical and actually get some stuff done. And I mean, by physical, by getting stuff done, I mean the actual playing of the video or the games or the, you know, climbing of the mountains. Or even just simply, you know, where you can actually discuss books. And you can actually enjoy a glass of wine or, you know, charcuterie. That sort of thing. Occasionally, you do want to get it together with phys- physically with people in order to discuss the hobby. On the flip side, sometimes you just simply want to discuss it in a more informal situation where, you know, the odds of you being able to throw something at each other isn't 
likely. So, the meetups make a really nice little combination of the, the two. Clubs should also be really debated. I mean, there's just something really cool again. This is sort of, well, a little bit of variation on the meetup, but this is more, getting more towards physical. I mean, there's just simply some, a lot of stuff you need to get together with other people in order to accomplish. You know, if you're talking about models, I don't care how good a digital camera you've got, you're not going to be able to take a picture that's going to be able to show exactly what you're talking about nine times out of ten. You know, talking to people in actual real life and actually showing them the actual model you're dealing with, all of a sudden that's going to have a lot more feedback on, you're going to be able to show you a lot more things. Um, obviously, you know, mountain climbing, which I know I shouldn't be bringing up because I don't actually climb mountains, but it's just something that's obviously physical. Um, the local football club, you know, perfect example, you it's only so far you can get online. You're going to need to actually get together and actually get into a league and actually kick each other's butt. Club. Um, beer drinkers. Yeah, again, there's a lot of stuff we can actually show, but, you know, unless I actually show you exactly what I'm talking about, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff. We need to get together in physical face and actually go face-to-face -face in order to discuss better ways to brew beer or to simply taste beer in the first place. And let's get real. If we're doing a beer drinkers club, that's the biggest thing we're leading together is to get together and drink beer. Yeah, we're going to be discussing different flavors, different modes, different ways to do things. But the bottom line is you can't drink beer over the computer. I don't care how good the app is. You need actual clubs in order to actually get a lot of really great things done. You know? It's just... There's always going to be people to get together informally and or re relatively informally because some of those clubs can get really formal. But, you know, the bottom line here is you need to get together with physical people and the club is really good for that. Then, of course, you have very specific clubs. What I'm basically looking at here are, well, we're starting to head towards more like Chamber of Commerce. And yeah, everything I pretty much said about social media is going to be played off here because there's a lot of stuff that's pretty much just straight getting in touch with each other digitally or electronically. But at the same time, you've got a lot of people who are so old school that they don't even have a real, you know, they don't even have a cell phone, much less a smartphone. You know, they only do business face to face. Well, the other cool thing about the Chamber of Commerce is that it gives you a chance to interact with people and see what they're up to, as well as trade information and business cards. You know, it's just something you have to realize here real quick, that if you're dealing with any kind of art, you are essentially a self-proprietor of a very specific business. And dealing with Chamber of Commerce is definitely not a bad thing to be doing because Chamber of Commerce not just gives you the contacts between other people and allows you to set up mentor-mentee situations, but gives you a lot of really great, just simply a lot of really great resources. Plus, you can talk business and how better to, how to get better at doing business face-to-face -face with people who actually know what they're doing. 
You want a chance of dealing with some millionaires? Fine. Go to the local chamber of commerce. You'd be surprised how many ha people hang out there that are very successful in their fields and are more than willing to talk shop. You know? Sure, you're going to get into a lot of football conversations, but you're going to get into a, a lot of weird business-related stuff as well. And if something just happened big time in the local business scene, like a new tax or you know, a new way of doing business or even something as scary as, you know, somebody gets royally screwed up and we need to deal with this situation, they're going to be dealing with it in the Chamber of Commerce. And if you're trying to figure out ways to get, a, you know, deal with a certain new rule, yeah, you're going to have a lot of people who are, who are already figuring out ways to deal with that. That mission, there's a lot of lawyers that hang around those places as well. Lawyers, again sell proprietor type situation. You'd be surprised when you throw that word around exactly what it applies to. And again, Chamber of Commerce is a great place where you have this really weird mix of people who own their own businesses versus people who do corporation work. By working together, you can get some interesting things going together, like sponsorships, for example. So, Chamber of Commerce should be your group. If, on the other hand, you want something that's a lot more informal, a gaming group. Which I know sounds sort of weird, but tabletop gaming or collectible card games are a really great way to use some social life in and of themselves. Um, at the very least, it gives you a chance to have a very relaxed, very informal situation and just simply play around with some weird stuff. You know, you want to throw fireballs at your employee, employee? Hey, now's the time to do it. You've got a major problem with your employer? <gasps> Have them set up as a dragon. Trust me, you will find a way to deal with your employer, at least in that setting. It's a great way to stress relief. It's a great way to let your hair down. You know exactly what you should be doing in a social situation. You have fun. You know, you just simply relax and be yourself. There's a lot of really great reasons to go into. And on top of that, there's the tournaments. Even if we're talking tabletop, you're still talking about there's going to be some sort of type of tournaments available. You know? It allows you to an excuse to interact with a slightly larger group of people. Uh, talk, well, talk game. I want to say talk shop, but let's get really. That's the furthest thing from your mind at this point, unless you're Boris Vallejo. Um, it's just straight up. It's just a really great way to just simply relax. And you have the option of just how many people or how few you want to interact with at a time. For an autistic person, it's a great situation. On top of that, this is the one situation where you can actually be anal about the rules and actually get some respect for it. I mean, seriously, for an autistic person, it gave me... A card game, especially a tournament, is heaven. We get to basically be as anal as we want to be, and we don't have to interact with people unless we really want to. You know? And of course, there's always conventions. And yeah, I know anybody who's dealing with me right now is thinking more of the gaming conventions, as well as comic book conventions and you know, the amalgamations of those, but we're also looking at business conventions. You know, any situation where you meet a lot of people with a 
very uh, sorry a very wide range of people together in a reasonably confined space you're going to have a lot of weirdness go on and you're going to have a lot of really great access to a lot of people that you normally wouldn't have access to on top of that they're looking at stuff you're doing to see what's going on so everything we're talking about the social interaction in terms of the feedback you know, you've got that. You've got people getting together to figure out the best way to have it handle problems. So you've got the mutual defense situation going on. You know, it's just, and on top of that, it's a really great common experience. So yeah, the conventions can seem really annoying. And, but if you're looking for ways to see what's going on in your particular field, track down the local conventions. And you'd be surprised how many different types of conventions there really are. I mean, we're not just talking the stereotypical vacuum-type cleaner situations. We're talking more like bride and groom or gun clubs or gaming, obviously. You know, there's a convention for pretty much everything if you just start looking. So check out the conventions if you're trying to get some really interesting action going. Also, uh, consider volunteering. Yeah, I know this is one that you're not really thinking of, but volunteering isn't just simply doing stuff like, well, actually, yes, it is sort of stuff like cleaning up creeks or helping out, do out the local marathon, but we're also looking at stuff like, you know, helping with kids or local food pantry, that sort of thing. And, well, first off, it's really cool is that you're talking with people who are doing, from a wide range of experiences that you normally wouldn't have access to. Which I know is sort of cynical and looking at it as a writer, but, well, I'm a writer. You know? Everything I do is about looking for common experiences with other people, plus looking at how they're dealing with problems. But it also allows you, as a person, to interact with other people and actually accomplish some actual good. I mean, obviously, you'll probably be accomplishing some good through other areas, but this is groups that are specifically set up in order to do that. So, definitely look forward to it, and I can't really stress volunteering is, is a really great thing in order in of itself. Um, at the very least, you know, you're fulfilling, fulfilling a very specific social need that needs to be fulfilled. Um, and in of itself, there is nothing greater than that. I don't care if it's something as simple as you're helping prepare food or serve food at a food kitchen all the way to, you know, helping some kids out to the local Boy Scout troop. It's just, there's 37 million different ways to actually have volunteer and actually do some good out there. And of course, while you're doing that good, that allows you to interact with other people, how to solve problems regarding that particular area, and possibly even you know, accelerate the good that the particular group is doing. It's just there's, when it comes down to interaction, it may seem a little one-sided in a lot of ways, but at the same time, you're doing a lot of good. So I can't really recommend volunteering enough. And let's get real. We do a lot of stuff that is for our own good. It'd be sort of nice to counteract that and actually do something for other people's good at the same time. And I'm not just talking about giving change to somebody outside of a store. We're talking something that helps people on a big scale. So definitely, if you've got some sort of social group in your area, 
I don't care if it's a church, uh, some sort of, you know, boys club or, you know, working with addicts, you know, track down something and just volunteer your services. You'd be surprised what, you know, the, the relative cool factor involved. And I guess I better bring up friends and family. Oh boy. Can I go back to talking about volunteering and how it actually helps you do things like develop a self-purpose and, you know, it doesn't look just great on a resume, but it actually makes you feel great about yourself as well. And if you're really worried about karma situations, you know, I know it's a little, another little smart, but, you know, it helps build up karma if you happen to volunteer. So please keep them on volunteer and please ignore anything I'm about to see in the next subject. Um... Yeah, friends and family. If you think everybody else can be really scary and really violent and really putting what they think out there, yeah, that's where friends and family come in. Yeah, you can pick your friends. You can't really pick your family. Well, that's not true nowadays, is it? But the bottom line here is if you really want people who know you and are more than willing to slap you down, yeah, that's where you get the friends and family. Conversely, you can get away with slapping them down as well, and that's part of the joy. Um, it's just, you've got a lot of people that basically don't see real high value in terms of family, which I can understand. Uh, a lot of people get disowned by family, and there's a lot of bitter arguments when it comes to family members. For those of us, however, who are stupid enough to enjoy the people, however, uh, family does tend to rock. I mean, straight up, you've got people who will have your back, regardless. If you have a problem, you can go to them. And yeah, you're going to be made fun of. Don't get me wrong about that. It's just straight up. You know, you need somebody that will have your back no matter what. You have family. Expect them to give you grief. That's part of the fun. Yeah, I can give you $20 million, but you're going to have to deal with it. Um, yeah, it's just straight up. On top of that, you see these really great things called holidays. Yeah, I know, again, your mileage may vary. Some of us like celebrating holidays, and there's nothing about celebrating together. On top of that, family understands where you've been, and, well, you understand where they've been. Remember what I said about shared joy is multiplied and shared pain is diminished? This is where it comes in handy. You know, nobody parties hardier than a group of people that have been through thick and thin over a couple of decades. Conversely, if you're having a problem and you just need a hug or you need somebody to share the same pain you're going through, well, go to a funeral. You're going to see a lot of people that are basically trying to figure out ways to deal with loss. Yeah, just like you are. And sometimes you need working to get working together to work it out. Yeah, I know it's a cheap I'm making it sound like it's cheap therapy, but trust me. Nothing will comfort you as much as just simply getting a hug from somebody you love. At the same time, being able to sneak in a really great sarcastic comment. Yeah, that really works too. So, you know, the bottom line here is 
try to establish friends and family and do what it takes to maintain that link. Yeah, it's going to get problematic and you're going to hate doing it. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely worth the time and investment. So where does that leave us? Okay, here's the deal. You're going to need to figure out some way to interact socially with other people. It's just part of who we are as humans. We are very social animals. We need to set up some sort of structure and we need to set up some sort of structure with, you know, we break that structure. You know, can we figure out ways to help adapt to it or can we change it or do we're going to face some sort of penalty for doing so or all of the above? And those social interactions will help us do so. On top of that, for those of us who need the feedback, and trust me, that's pretty much everybody, uh, social interaction will help get that going. You know, if I'm having a particular, you know, problem with a particular art piece, I can go to other people and say, hey, what am I doing wrong? And trust me, a lot of people are more than willing to tell you. If they're not more than willing to tell you, it's time to get some new friends and family. Um... Conversely, you can do the same. You should be able to give feedback just as much as you take it in. Even if you're a total rookie, trust me, you've got a lot of masters who occasionally need those eyes that are pretty much new to the subject. This should not fill you with the ultimate confidence that you can walk into a master's conversation and try to you know rock everybody's world. Trust me, you will get slapped down and you'll be slapped down so hard that you'll probably suffer trauma from it but nonetheless you should be getting into those conversations every so often anyway it's just again part of being able to participate in the art occasionally you'll be lifted up occasionally you'll be slapped down deal with it if develop a thick skin is all i can say um you're going to need some sort of social interaction for the sake of just simple mutual defense and like you said, point keep pointing out, you cannot have any kind of actual real defense if you're going into it blind. You need to discuss what the situation is and how if there's a better way of solving the problem. You know, it's just straight up. You need to be able to talk things out with someone in order to develop some sort of defense. And like you said, anybody will point out, nothing's better defending a problem than if you get a whole group of people doing so. So, you know, figure it out. And, obviously, you can't get a lot of buzz going if you're basically just home alone by yourself. You know, you need other people in order to talk to com- to talk up whatever it is you're doing. Just as you need to help talk up whatever they're doing. You're going to see in a lot of social interactions that there's an interact part. You know? And if you want to put it down to a symbiosis or a weird form of parasitism, so be it. But the bottom line here is you need to interact. And you need to, just as much as you want people to talk your stuff up, you need to be willing to talk their stuff up. You know, you'll notice on my Facebook page I've got a lot of people that I tend to occasionally point out their Kickstarters, that sort of thing. Well, if you want to run your own Kickstarter, you need to go talk people other people's kickstarters up as well you know at the very least a like or a comment will actually hit that will put that kickstarter back at the front of the topic page 
you know, definitely worth it. Especially when you start needing that kind of help yourself. And like I point out, don't discount digital conversation. Um, your digital friendships should be seen as just as much worth as some of your more physical ones. So, if you can establish some sort of digital conversation with someone in terms of a digital friendship, cool. You know, that's something you should definitely be doing. So, I hope this feels you become a lot more social active. Even if you have to do it, even if you're doing it from the sheer sake of, you know, being cynical and it's something you need to do. Yeah, you just simply do it. You need to basically build those common experiences. There's absolutely no denying that. And you can't deny, you can't create common experiences with people if you have no people to build with. So definitely figure out a way to do it. Well, with that said, have a good evening and I'll talk to you later.